Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Romans 8 and 28. We can about quote that without even reading it, can't we? And we know that all things, Work together for the good of them that love God. To them who are called, they're called according to his purpose. This is the good part, y'all. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Them he also called. Tell somebody I'm called. And whom he called, them he also justified. You with your, you with your marked up past, you with all the beds you've been in and out of, you and all the babies out of wedlock, you and all the crap pipes you done smoked on. Tell somebody he justified me. When the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, and he's good at his job, isn't he? When he comes and accuses us and tells us every reason why we don't qualify for the benefits and the blessing of the Lord, let Jesus, who is our defense attorney, he said, devil, that, that all of that may be true, but I present my blood as atonement for everything that they've done. They are justified. Tell somebody, I belong here. Yes, sir. I'm alone here. And I'm the rightful owner of the keys. Because he justified me. Couldn't justify myself. I don't, I don't know enough people. I ain't good enough. I ain't got enough money to be justified. But when I accepted Jesus, ain't nobody glad you've been justified. Guess what? That doesn't mean he erased the past. It means he accepted you in spite of it. Tell somebody he accepted me in spite of my past. And he made you justified. You're justified. As in whom he also justified, then he also glorified him. What shall we say to these things? If God before us, oh, you're worried about your enemies. You need to look around on who saw you. And if God before you, who can rival our God? Y'all, that's worth the whole trip over here. I could close the book. Who can be against him? I don't want you to skip down to 35. And because we're justified, because we're accepted in the family of God, look at this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine 
or nakedness or peril or sore. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors. Through him, I tell y'all, Romans ain't, ain't no joke, who loved us. And because we are more than conquerors, this is the result. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord can y'all just put your hand together for the word of God this will keep you from having from being depressed and then having a pity party you read that right there it will shift your perspective but I want to draw your attention 35 it says what who shall separate from the love of God shall tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness peril sword nay in all these things we are more conquerors through him that love us for I am persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities powers things present things to come height depth any creature shall be able to separate us I want to talk to you today about the key of relentlessness somebody say relentless you may be seated God is showing us that there is nothing that you could ever do that could cause you to be separated from his love. God said, I'm relentless in my pursuit. He said, my love is so strong. My love is so permeated. My love is so efficacious. It is so potent that it can't be separated by height. It can't be separated even by an angel can't separate you from my love. A principality. Things present. Things to come. Say nothing can separate. God said, I love you so much. John 3, 16 said it like this. He said, for God so loved the world. So loved says it's, it's a comparative term. He, he could have said God loved the world. So as a result of him loving the world, he gave. But the word of God said he so loved. Meaning that he loved us to such a degree that he gave his only begotten son. Translation. He loved us so relentlessly. You have to understand that we were separated from God because of Adam's sin. Somebody tell, tell somebody it's Adam's fault. He tried to blame it on, on, on Eve, but it was him who God gave the word to. And he disobeyed God's edict and God's directive. 
And as a result of Adam's sin, there was a chasm, there was a separation between God and man. And men tried to, men throughout the Old Testament tried to atone and get back in good, good graces with God. They would kill, they would kill bullocks. They would kill uh, turtle doves. They would kill all kinds of animals. It would only give them temporary reprieve from their sinful nature. But every year they had to atone for it. God said, this is not efficient. I love this creation. I made it in my own image. God loves us so much that the host in heaven said, what is man? Other creations are asking, look, you, you love us. You created cherubs and seraphims and all that stuff. But why do you love them so much? This man that you're so mindful of him that you're going through all this painstaking that made in my likeness that made in my image out of everything that God created he gave us free will to worship him to obey him he said that now if we don't choose to the very rocks cry out but God said I gotta make them cry that's against their nature if I want to be worshipped, I'll send the wind and cause the trees to bend over and bow to me. But I'd rather get it from you. See, it's one thing if I say, tell my wife, I love you, baby. And she say, I love you too. But it's another thing when she texts me, I love you, unsolicited. I say, "Woo, Yes, sir. It's something about an unsolicited act of love. We weren't deserving of his grace and his mercy. For God so loved us. He loved us so relentlessly that he sent his only begotten son. Jesus came, to, came and, uh, and, and was born of a woman to live like we lived. And people, people like to glorify and paint this nice picture of Jesus. He was all nice and meek and low that he was. But can you imagine being born and your only, only purpose, true purpose of being born is to die? Jesus' purpose. He came here to be the final lamb that would ever have to be slain. That's love. He could have called a host of angels to rescue him. The word, word of God said that he, because of the cross, he despised the shame of being crucified because he saw the end result for us tell somebody that's relentless it's unrelenting he could have said stop it I can't take no more he tried to negotiate with God in the garden of Gethsemane God is there any way I can get out of this because he knew what he was about to have to go through and God went silent he said nevertheless God not my will And after that moment, you never heard Jesus ever issue any worry or complaint. He knew his mission. And his mission was to redeem us back to him. Can you put your hands together for relentless love of God? Come on, y'all. So I said, God, what does that mean? He said, I want you to learn from my example.
that I'm not going to let height, nor depth, nor things present, nor things to come, nor principalities, nor angels, nor sickness, nor people talking about me, separate me from the love of God. I'm that relentless. Tell somebody, you must be relentless. Rel being relentless is not how much strength you got. It's a mentality and it's in your will that I will not give up. I will not give in. And can I tell you what the Lord told me? He said, some of my people have been asking me for things, but I see their will. And I'm not going to waste the things in the storehouse of heaven for people who don't have a will to hold on. Now, I will give it to a fighter. A person who will not give up. A person who will not give in. A person who will be like Joshua. Who when he saw that angel, he pulled his sword out. Are you with me or are you against me? I need to know. I need to know. God said, I need some relentless people. There was a key of being relentless. And when I see that you are not willing to give it up. See, the problem is the devil knows. He said, I don't care about y'all shouting about 10 minutes ago. I don't care about y'all high-fiving each other. I don't care about y'all getting emotional and, and making declarations. When you get in your car, I've got something waiting on you. And everything, you're going to eat your words. And by this afternoon when the sun goes down, you're going to change your confession. The devil comes to nullify. He is anti-Christ. He is anti-everything that God declares. If God says up, he's going to say down. God says left, he's going to say right. His job is to oppose God's will and God's people. And he's not playing fair. He ain't going to use some, 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 uh, some stranger going down the highway. He's going to use somebody close to you. He plays dirty pool. He used people that's, that, that's, got, that's, that's got tracks and can walk around in your heart. That's what he does. And anybody, can anybody attest to that? He's stupid, but he's wise. And God is saying, I need my people to be relentless. God said, I'm relentless. I, I, I was relentless in pursuit to get my children back. And I need you to reciprocate and act like your father. You know how people you act just like your dad. <laughs> Tell somebody, you need to act like your father. Your father was relentless. He did, you know, you know, God, you know, he said, look. I know I said that the soul that sins should surely dies. And so when my word leaves... I can't change it. But God is so wise. He's so relentless. He created a workaround of Jesus Christ to get us back to him. God said, I need you to be relentless like that. So many times we're waving the white flag so early. That's the first notion of opposition. Well, that's it, God. It must not be. Lord, God speaks through open doors and God speaks through closed doors. People just say some crazy stuff to justify giving up. But surely you didn't realize that the devil was going to just deliver what God asked you to. He spoke it to your heart. He's going to ding, ding, and leave it like a UPS package on your doorstep.
It's his job to oppose you. Tell somebody, it's his job to oppose you. It's his job to oppose you. So I want to break down just three quick things. God gave me these three quick things. And he said, son, that the relentlessness is broken down into three categories. Because relentless can be such a big word. It can be kind of ambiguous and we can't really wrap our minds around it. So the first thing God said, in your relentlessness, I need you to be reckless. Somebody say reckless. I said, God, that, that, that don't seem like that's using much wisdom. This, this is a conversation I have with God. I don't know how you talk to him. I said, what, God, what do you mean being reckless? You, know said, you said we ought to take everything in prayer and supplication. How are you telling me we should just, just go like a bull through the time? He said, no, I'm not saying that when a person is reckless, they give up the regard for their personal safety. They disregard what might happen to them. To frame it another way, they're willing to take a risk to get what God has for them. I'm reminded in the three synoptic gospels, they tell it three different ways, but I believe Mark tells in the most detail that there was a woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus had encountered Jairus, and he said, look, I need you to come and pray for somebody at my house. And Jesus said, I will come. And so the woman with the issue of the blood, the word of God gives her, they said that she had been having this issue of this hemorrhage for 12 long years. And she had gone to all the doctors that she knew. And the only thing it did was make her sick and poor. Have you, had you, ever, have you ever tried to throw your resources and your time and even your money at things and all it, all it left you was more depleted? But she heard that Jesus was in town. Can I tell you something? He doesn't have to be coming into, he doesn't have to be coming to your house for him to deliver you. He just has to be in the vicinity. And she was relentless enough to know, you have to understand that she was, it was against the Mosaic law at the time. For a woman having some kind of issue of blood to be out, she took a risk of being stoned to death that everybody she touched, she would make unclean. What she did was reckless. It was reckless for her because if anybody would have recognized her, and maybe that's the reason she was on her belly and she was grabbing so people wouldn't see her. I don't know. But do you realize that if they had seen her, it would have meant immediate death for her. But she said, the word of God says, she said in herself, if I could but touch over and over, over and over, if I could but touch the word of God says she said within herself. So many times we're self-talking the wrong thing. You don't know what she was combating. It may have been the other side of her saying, girl, if you get caught out here, they're going to stone you. I know it, but Jesus is passing by. 
and it's worth the risk because living like this is worth the risk. I'm telling you, until you get disgusted and dissatisfied with the status quo, you will never take a risk to change your status. She made a calculated decision. Either this, either this is the day I die or this is the day I begin to live. But I refuse to stay like I am. And I'm telling you, people of God, he's looking for some reckless people that I'm tired of the same day. Y'all yo, remember the, the movie Groundhog's Day? When a man wake up in the same day, the alarm clock will wake him up in the same time on the clock, the toast pop out of the toast at the same time. Some of us have been living the same existence. We've been driving the same route to work. We've been having the same hopes. We've been going to church and shouting over the same word. But God said, I need you to get reckless that I am tired of being tired. I am sick of being sick. And I am determined that either I'm going to die trying or something's about to change. Touch somebody, tell them, be reckless. You're going to have to give up some security. It's going to be risky. You're going to stand out in the crowd. But tell me how I stay in the same. Tell me how that's working out for you. Tell somebody, tell them, you must be reckless. Either you believe that he's a keeper or not. Well, Lord, if you, if, if you mean for me to have it, Lord, I'll have it. Lord, send a prophet by my house. No. She interrupted Jesus on his way. She broke rules. And that's what God has said. I'm looking for some rule breakers. That says, that says I, don't, I, I don't care. They say I'm too old and I'm past my prime to do this. I'm a rule breaker. The rules don't apply to me because I am going to be reckless. It doesn't matter my ethnicity or my lack of education. I'm a rule breaker. And God said I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. And, oh God. Tell somebody, tell them, break a rule. I didn't say break a law and you're going to be in jail because I ain't paying your bail. But you need to break a societal rule. The world says what you can't do. They said that black people can't do this and women can't do that. And people with an education can't do this and can't do that. But you let the world know that I am going with Jesus and heaven is backing me up. If you just use your key, you can go where normal men cannot go. You can do what normal men cannot do. Tell somebody to be reckless. I gotta move, I gotta move. 
The next one is being resilient. Tell somebody, be resilient. Being resilient. Resilient is something that when you can be bent over, you can be augmented, and you can be changed and shifted and pushed and pulled. Yet you still retain your original shape and purpose. Somebody say resilient. In other words, you can take a lick and keep on ticking. That you can take all kinds of blows and you're still standing. Tell somebody, tell them, be resilient. I'm reminded in Genesis where Joseph told his brothers, I had a dream. And in this dream, I was up here and y'all were bowing before me. And his brothers got jealous. And they created a plot and a plan because they were jealous of the favor that he had on his life. Said, we ain't going to kill him. We're just going to set the stage so that he died. Y'all know people like that. They don't want to pull the trigger, but they'll put the bullet in the chamber. <laughs> And here Joseph was, the dreamer, in a pit. And it just so happens that the Ishmaelites, the people who were against his family, they, they his cousins, but they are against his family, a band of Ishmaelites rescued him, sold him into slavery. And here he is, the dreamer, the one with the coat of many colors, the one with the favor. And he is a slave. Have you ever had a pronouncement of God's favor on your life? Have you ever had, well, God gave you a sure word and somebody confirmed it and, and you leave all excited. And you say, God, I'm waiting to, to ascend to the highest heights. I'm ready, I'm ready for, for, for things just to move out of my way and, and doors to open and you find yourself in a pit. That the word God gave you doesn't match the environment that I'm in. So wait a minute, God, this don't match the word. <laughs> see, the thing about it, see, God shows us many times the end of a thing. See, we prophesy in part. Oh, God, I'm teaching. And we know in part. And God doesn't tell us the process to get to the palace. But he found himself in a pit. Then he found himself as a slave. But see, here's the miracle of it all. His surroundings did not suppress the blessing. His surroundings, even though he was a slave, even though he was chattel, even though he belonged to another man, Potiphar saw the favor on him and said, wait a minute, this is something different about this slave. Everything he touched prospers. <laughs> he said, and I want people to know that just because you may seem like you're in a horrible pit, 
Just because you, you may seem like your surroundings are the very antithesis of what the word that God spoke over your life. Do not uh, undercut or do not, do not play down the fact that underneath the surface, the blessing is still at work. That's the miracle of it all. That God can make you flourish in the desert. to you growing but yet and still you're flourishing see some of you have been cursing the place God has you in and God said I'm trying to put you on display so that when they see the end product that, that no man will be able to take the credit no man will be able to say remember when I did people gonna say how did you get here it was the Lord God Almighty there was no goodness of my own. All praises belong to God. Where God has you planted is the staging ground for your miracle. He got promoted in bondage. Now that ought to be a word for somebody. God said, I ain't going to take you out of bondage yet. I'm going to show you I'm God in bondage. That while you're going through the process, you're still flourishing. I'm still blessing you. I'm still elevating you. Amongst the other slaves, I'm still, you're still favored. But what happens is, he's in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's going on a trip one day. And Mrs. Potiphar said, Joseph, you look kind of cute over there. The word of God said he was well built and handsome. She said, won't you come over here and when you, when you finish your work today, won't you come see me? We'll say that like that. How about that? That sound better? We got babies in the room. And he said, I can't do that. Can't do that. He said, this is the first thing he did. Now, at the end of the scripture, he talks about, I cannot violate God. But the first thing he did, and this is very important. I want you to lean in. The first thing he acknowledged was, after all that Potiphar has done for me, out of all he's entrusted to me, cannot disrespect this man in addition to disrespecting my God here's the principle so many times in the Christian arena we have endless honor for God but we'll dishonor each other the first thing that came out of his mouth was that I'm not going to dishonor Potiphar. Because dishonoring God is already a given. 
they're mutually exclusive. They can, you, you can try to be honoring God and be disrespecting your brother and your sister beside you. I ain't talking about honoring a pastor. I know you're going to act good around me, but what about the person in the parking lot? What about the person holding the door? What about the person that, that say, hey, excuse me, can I, and this my seat. He honored man and he honored God. And that's the wisdom key. God said, how can you love me who you have not seen? And hate your brother that you see every day. A true testament of somebody's character is how they treat somebody that they don't need. The person at the bus stop. Person ain't dressed too nice, ain't looking too nice. Person, you don't know their name yet. Oh, you're such and such. Yes, I always was. And God is saying it is important how you treat each other and how you honor me. You know why? Because you're a jewel to him. You're made it, you, you are his best work. So if you disrespect his best work, you are insulting the creator of the masterpiece. And God is saying that I need you to be resilient. Well, as a result of that, he got thrown in jail. She said he tried to rape me. And even in jail, there was a, there was a baker and a butler and they had some dreams. And he said, hey, I'm, uh, I, I don't know, tell me your dream. I mean, you know, I'm a dreamer. I can interpret it. Hopefully, just tell me what's going on. And they told him, and he told him the dream. It worked out good for one, not for the other. But the whole principle of it is, him telling that dream was the thing that led to the thing, that led to the thing, that led to the thing that led to the thing that seated him on the right side of Pharaoh. He did not let his bondage suppress the gifting that God put in him. He could have said, I'm here in jail. All I tried to do is do right by Potiphar. And here I am in jail. Man, I should have went ahead and just go ahead and lay with it if I'm going to end up here. Has anybody ever done right and it still ended you up in the wrong place? Like, what good is it? Not buying these food stamps. Not buying this hot stuff. Look like the wicked, the wicked are prospering every day. And here I am. Come on, y'all. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. Now here I am, I'm trying to do right, I'm, I, you know, I'm tithing, I'm trusting in God, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to budget, I'm trying to make things out, and, and these people across the street living like the devil, drinking everything they want to drink, and they look like the, whiskey, the wicked are prospering. God, God said it's a test of your resilience. Can you have some dark nights and still trust me? 
Can you have, can you walk out amongst the work, uh, at work and, and when people stop talking when you walk by because you know they're talking about you? Can you go in there and still do your job with your head held high? God said, can you suffer? He said, because I need you to be tested before I give you. See, see, we like to say he won't put no more on me than we can bear. We like to use it like that's a good thing. No, I want God to give me more. That is saying that he trusts me to hold it. But he's not going to let nothing waste to the ground if he knows you're not resilient enough to take it. Tell somebody, you must be resilient. The last thing I'm going to share with you Is that in addition to being reckless, somebody say reckless, and resilient, somebody say resilient. Lastly, I need you to be resistant. Somebody say be resistant. In the book of Daniel, Daniel was another person who was favored by the king, King Darius. I want you to read Daniel 6 chapters. Awesome. King Darius, he was favored by him. And again, some co-workers was jealous of his favor. He said, we got to do something. What is it that, and the word of God says that they tried everything. They tried to find, you ever learn people that they, 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 they make it their mission to try to find something on people. Trying to take hair samples and all kind of stuff. Trying to find something on people. Because I know they ain't that good. I know they ain't that perfect. Everybody got a scale and Miss Goody. You know why? Because your righteousness is an affront to them. Because you're proving that I don't have to have a sugar daddy, a sugar mom, and everybody on the side. And I can still be in peace and I can still look good, ride good, and all those things. I don't have to compromise. I can lay my pillow on the on 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 head and not have any regrets and not know, not gonna worry about what's gonna show up on social media in the morning and not, and when a car backfires I don't have to duck. There's nothing like a restful night of sleep, y'all. The older I get, ain't nothing like a restful night of sleep. And so as a result, they said, "Hey, oh, oh we found something. We found something. He's an avid prayer." He's an avid seeker of Jehovah God. So they went to Darius and they said, hey, King Darius, we love you and we adore you so much. We want to make a time period of 30 days where if anybody prays to another God except for you, it's going to mean immediate death to them. Well, they, 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 were, they were fluffing Darius. So, you know, that kind of sound good. So you sure about that, King? Yeah, it was signed right here. They put the edict out, and I want you to pick up right here at 19, 6 and 19. No, just right before it. When Daniel heard about it, don't worry about it. When Daniel heard about it, Daniel's response was, the word of God said he opened the doors up. And he began to pray in the window. What am I saying? He didn't shrink from the moment. He said, 
y'all trying to set me up? Y'all trying to keep me? Y'all trying to suppress my expression and my love towards my God? You have to understand he was praying for the salvation of Israel. And God, and, and his response was that he flung the doors open. He said, not only am I going to continue praying, I'm going to pray where all y'all can see me. Woo! Somebody say you got to be resistant. See, sometimes we fall too easy. As Christians, we say, okay, well, I, you know, a blessed is the peacemaker. Not that, you see, see, God said blessed is the peacemaker. Sometimes to make peace, you got to turn the table over sometimes, like Jesus did. Sometimes to make some peace, you got to confront a booger about his behavior. You ain't, no, you ain't supposed to be a peacekeeper. The peacemaker is the one that's going to be blessed. And sometimes, it got, sometimes it's going to get ugly before it gets beautiful. And you cannot compromise. So these jokers trying to set me up like I'm going to shrink from my God. And so he flung the doors wide open and he began to pray in the open where people could see him. And they went, they went running. They went running. They went running. They went running. King, we just saw, we didn't, we didn't saw Daniel. We saw Daniel. He praying. And, and Darius like, man, it can't be my dude. That's my dude. That's my dude I done set up. That's my dude I got favor with. He said, wait, wait a minute, King. That's what you said. That's what you said. You ever seen people like that? You said it right here. You sent it out in the memo. You sent it out on the email. What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? He said, okay. He said, come on, bring Daniel to me. He said, Daniel, look, man. Look, man, you making me look bad. You my boy. I got favor with you. But my reputation on the line, I done signed this thing. He's like, look, don't do it no more, man. He said, King, I, I, I love you and all. Thank you for all the favors you've given me. But I got to go with God. Somebody say resist it. And this is so, and we're just about to go. This is for people that folk have done things for you. I want you to listen to me clearly. See, what you looked at as a blessing sometimes, people have been doing things to stack up a dossier. I love that word. To, to, to stack up a dossier or a list or a file so that they can use for a future time to control you. So I need you to do this. I need you to hide this money for me. Or when they call, I need you to tell them this. Well, that ain't the truth. I can't do that. Well, wait a minute. When you was hungry, I fed you. When you was this, I did it. And you remember when I did this? You, you, didn't, you didn't have a pot or a window. I can't say everything. Y'all know what I'm saying. And he said, you remember if it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for me. Anybody know people like that? If you don't know, you might be the one. But the fact of the matter is, the, 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 the fact of the matter is, what people will dress up and do a good acting job. Don't worry about it, girl. Don't worry about paying me back. They are keeping a file on you for future use so that they can manipulate you. And God said, you're going to have to make a decision. Either it's going to be me or it's going to be King Darius, but you can't serve both of us. care if they got bishop in front of their name I don't care if they got arch apostle I don't care who they are God said if it's against my word 
The answer is a complete sentence, no. Without explanation. See, that's our problem. We can say, well, uh, cause, well, you know, I know, no, no. No is a complete sentence that requires no additional follow-up. No. Somebody getting free in this place. Touch the, touch the neighbor and say, just say no. No, I can't come over your house this time of night. No, I ain't lying. No, you can't have my children for your taxes. No. <laughs> the answer is no. The answer is no. King Darius said, look, okay, well, since you said no, I got to do what he said. I got to throw you in the lines then. And look, 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 and look, look he said, he throw in the lines and he said, man, I hate this. The, the king was hoping, like, dude, come on, man, just compromise. He said, no. Throw him in there. We're going to pick up right here at 19. Anybody getting anything out of this today? 19 says, then at the break of day, the king arose in haste to the den of the lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? He was just yelling to him. He was running with haste. He said, Daniel, are you there? Are you there? Has your God delivered you? And look at what Daniel said. And Daniel said to the king, Oh, king, live forever. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm telling you, when you are resistant to the pressure, come on, tell your, tell your neighbor, be resistant. Be resistant to the temptation. Be resistant to the pressures of the enemy. And, and, and let me tell you, I tell people all the time, I tell people that when they're, when they're in the valley of decisions, do you feel pressure? They say, well, yeah, well, God is not in pressure. That's deliverance for somebody. If you feel pressure, it's not God. God will pull a gentle tugging at your heart. He will convict you, but it's up to your choice. If it's pressure, it's not from God. And the devil will put pressure on you to try to force you to do something. He will put pressure on you through the job and through your finances and what am I going to do? But God said, if you would just trust, put your trust in me, put your fidelity in me, and I will give you the fortitude. I will give you the stick to to resist. Somebody put your hand forward and say resist. 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 That's what you have to do. You have to resist. Look at what happens. He said, oh, king, live forever. He told him, I'm going to tell you what happened. He says, my God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth. And they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. God will shut other people's mouths because of your upright walk and your, your relentlessness to obey him. Look at this. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he trusted 
in God. Let me tell you something. Tell somebody, hold hands with somebody, tell them you better trust God. If you don't want, if you want to take a risk, if you want to go through the fire and not smell like smoke, if you want to be thrown in the lines of dens and scorpions and don't get stung and, and be around vipers and not get bitten, you better put your trust in God. Look at what happens. And look at what happened, y'all. It said, and the king commanded, and those men who, had, who maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, their wives. And before they reached the bottom, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones to pieces. God gave the lions lockjaw. And you got to understand, the lions stayed hungry. That's why they knew they were going to rip them apart. God changed the nature. Woo, let me tell you something. God changed the natural order. He changed the nature of the lion to where he wasn't even hungry. I don't know if God put manna in his stomach. I don't know if he wired his mouth shut. But God changed the nature of what was supposed to kill you. It's going to become your pillow. What was sent to destroy you? It's going to be the catalyst for your promotion. The very thing that the plot is only putting you center stage for God to raise you up to a new level. And look at what happens. At 25. Then Darius wrote to all the people in all nations and all languages that dwell in the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. God changed a whole kingdom because one man resisted. You're thinking, what can I do on my own? I'm just me by myself. See, the prayers of the righteous availeth, meaning it has much effectiveness. It, you don't have to have a, a peanut gallery with you. You don't have to hold a lot of people. All you need is your faith in your God. He said, for he is a living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. This is the king Darius who he, he agreed for them to pray to him as a God. Look at what God has done to a heathen man that, that esteemed himself as a God. This is what God is going to do to your enemy. He's going to make them confess for he is the living God. Enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end of the earth. He delivers and he rescues he works signs, wonders, and miracles in heaven and in earth. He who saved Daniel from the power of the lion. I want you to hold hands with your neighbor. And I want you to tell him, say, I need you. And you need me. 
Tell me we're both in the body. And the body is only as strong as its weakest member. Say, so I need you to be reckless in your pursuit of God. Tell them, not only that, I need you to be resilient. You're going to have to take some things that don't feel good, that don't sound good, but I need you to bounce back because the body needs you. And tell them, and lastly, I need you with all that is within you to resist the temptation to give up, to give in, to compromise, to take down your confession of your faith. Tell them, in other words, I need you to be relentless. Say, can you be relentless with me? Come on, look them in the face. Tell them, I need you to be relentless. I need you to be relentless. I need you to get up, regard for your safety. I need you to go after God. The body is dependent on you and the next move that you make. Come on. Tell somebody, tell them, come on with me. 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 We've got victories to fight. We've got battles to win. We have not yet begun to fight our greatest fight. Come on. Come on, hug that neighbor and tell him you can do it. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.